What's Alex? What's Alex saying? He said, I feel mostly good about my script and feel solid about my sick bev. Nice. That's excellent. Yeah. Competition se- season. And that's that's, that's the goes. news, folks. Competition season is upon us. There it is. Search you're competing in tasters and brewers. Correct. Tasters first time. Both first time. Bre- well, I guess time. brewer. Yes, brewers first time. I did like a local brewers comp okay. back in social grounds. Gotcha. But it was very local, <laughs> fairly small. Mm-hmm. I think there was only six or five competitors. So two cool. judges. So yeah. Cool. And tasters. Yeah. Tasters for first the first time. time. Yeah. That'll be interesting. Yeah. I, I'm super stoked on tasters because it is the most objective competition. Like yeah. there is no judging. Like un- unless you do something stupid, like touch the table wrong, which is kind of stupid. Yeah. Like you can't touch anything or you can't pick up a cup. You, like yeah. nothing. You just slurp and you decide, move a cup forward. And that's yeah. it. Like I had a very good run through where I went six for six and two minutes and 30 seconds, which for me is good. That's mm-hmm. not national time. Like, last year the guy from olympia got sub two and like that's yeah. that's insane it's, it's that's ripping. quick that's ripping that's and 100 percent accuracy yeah. that's shredding dude like I'll, I'll get there but so far like i made a lot of progress like there's been days where i would cup coffees for two hours out of speed at different temps like gauging every single temp from like hot to cold and then easy slurping over 300 times you know, it's, it's insane. There's times where I like on borderline threw up at training gagging. Cause I'm spitting. I'm not, mm-hmm. of course I've spit more than like two or three 16 pint glasses of spit. It's intense. Yeah. It's a lot, but it's also like a very fun competition because there is no judging. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, sometimes I'm, I'm so fed up with judging because it's so subjective. Right, right, right. Um, and this is, it is what it is. Yeah. And it's purely skill too. You don't have to like there's a skill in presenting, but presenting it's like you have to be a somewhat of a good communicator. You can't just be a good stellar barista. Yeah. You kinda have to know how to put words together and yeah. Talk about it, you yeah. know. Here I just slap on my headphones. Yeah. And you're and cruising. I'm, like, I'm gonna rip. Yeah. So interesting. Well by the time this episode gets released, we'll we'll already know pretty much. Um because you're as of this recording, you're flying out in a few days. Yeah, for that. So, um, so folks, you'll probably end up knowing um, by the time this episode. Oh, rolls that out. wave, dude! That went overboard. <laughs> Embarrassing. That's bad. Getting wild. We're getting wild. This coffee better be that wild. We ran out of. For some reason, I ran out of coffees. I don't have any coffees in here, other than old old roasts that are either not good roasts or so um, we're just rolling with what we have one thing about this coffee it always fascinates me that this is a, a semi-washed right i don't am I crazy i don't know i think this is semi-washed why does that fascinate you because it's like intense it. But that's what it is. It's more intense than the natural we had on the other episode. Yeah, I didn't I didn't like I didn't like this roast out of the couple roasts that we did that day. Um hence why it's still here. Mm -hmm. But it's still it it's got this candied fruit. Um 
almost I picking up some blueberry. Somebody told me who drank this coffee also picked up blueberry. Mm. Talked about it. I was like, yeah, I can, yeah. I can, I can back that up. Um, I love this coffee, honestly. Probably one of my favorites that we've had. Yeah, um, it's it's fun. I like it. I'm still on the Agara train. Someone DM'd me today and said, hey, what coffee, if you were to buy coffees from your website, what coffee would you buy? Uh, I said Agaro. I always tell everybody to buy the of course, the Cordoba. Do. Yeah, of course. The Columbia. So, yeah. yeah. Careful who you ask, friends. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's stellar. Um, this is the Colombian. Yeah. Um, Columbia Huela um, from El Defonso Cordoba. Pink Bourbon. You know, what more could you say? Yeah. What more a lot of flavor, say? a lot of yeah. big, juicy acidity. Uh, again, if you listen to the last episode, because this is a follow up, mm-hmm. which we're going to like dissect into, you know, origin and roasting and brewing. Yeah. Um, this is, a, I would say, a great coffee to probably brew on a flat base brewer. How come? Yeah, because the crispy acidity oh, just okay. pops like. Or again, extracted V60. <laughs> again, I'm not trying to make these abstract. Like, right. remember for a while, like, okay, I'm gonna shut up now. I'm not gonna say anything about different grinders and different. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> yep. mean, there, there's some truth to it, you know. Like, but you're you're like lab sweets. You're picking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. That's that's one. That's fun. Mm. That's wonderful. Anyways, um, yeah. So uh, if you haven't listened to the, the the episode right before this, I think yeah. you should because it's kind of a follow up part two. Um, and in this episode, as opposed to last one, which we talked about, the V sixty, the cone shape versus flat brew, we kind of want to go, kind of, uh, I guess maybe deeper into that or like a subreddit of that, mm-hmm. um, which is like. How do you adjust, you know, do or do you adjust your recipe for pour overs, um, not only based on of your 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 brewer type, but also origin mm-hmm. or, or even processing? Yeah. Take it that far, um, because I know, man, there's so many forums that I'm on and that, you know, people are like, oh, you know, I like naturals brewed at 10 degrees cooler. And I'm like, sure. Great. Yeah. Um, but you know the, the so we're going to talk a little bit about that but also we want to touch upon not just brewing and how origin affects that but also roasting and how origin affects that because at this point we've roasted you know a wide variety anything from you know uh southeast asian indonesian mm-hmm. to some african coffees central american yeah. uh all that jazz so yeah, anything. Flash roasted Tanzanian pea berry. That's true. That's true. <laughs> we had a Tanzanian pea berry. That's great. We never launched that coffee out. Yeah, yeah just that's exclusive. Yeah. It's an employee yeah. exclusive. Yeah. So do you have that? You have to be an employee. I think I roasted it just to drink and pour latte on it. Yeah, that's it. yeah. So that's great. Um, but yeah, so any thoughts on that or um, or we can just get right into it. And you tell me, do you adjust your pour over recipe based off of origin uh i mentioned that in the earlier episode yeah, yeah. like i do for sure uh ethiopian coffees a lot of african coffees i do like to add more water just mm-hmm. simply because coffees that are more dense uh require a little more firepower so i add a little mm-hmm. more water i'm um, oh, sorry dude that was okay. my foot okay. um but 
<laughs> Mark is out here playing footsie with me under the table. Like, I'm trying to record, dude. Calm down. <laughs> dude. <laughs> the bigger table. Yeah, we definitely do. Um, uh, with that said, like, it's also hard because, for example, Colombia has such a wide variety of coffees. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also hard to just have this easy answer to be like you know all colombian coffees should be brewed to right. a 1 to 16 um yeah, right. that's just not true um right. I, I like for example sweet valley from manhattan is like it draws down so quick yes and yes, it yes. doesn't just doesn't and it's a natural maybe that's part of it too it just does not require uh that much of contact time which is fine it still tastes like sweet valley should taste like yeah. but it doesn't you're not brewing at like four minutes mm-hmm. there's other coffees from manhattan also from Colombia, that uh, for example the el preso decaf mm-hmm. that coffee almost always extracts at four minutes plus yeah and also it clogs yeah. like you know because yeah, that's yeah. also has to do with processing the ea sugarcane process mm-hmm. like and it's a natural like it it takes a lot um or it's a whole different coffee to brew not takes a lot so yeah. and usually even that kind of coffee i will I will go to as far as brewing it with less water and then diluting it. So I can still get the extraction and then mm-hmm. punch in a little bit more uh, water post-brew just to get the strength nice. Um, so yeah, you definitely adjust according to processing. Decaf is a method of processing. And mm-hmm. then when it comes to natural and washed, I, again, I kind of like you were saying, start with the base recipe mm-hmm. according to the origin. The origin is probably one of the major things I adjust mm-hmm. to. And then I go from there. I can't with full confidence say like, you know, all naturals should be extracted over X amount of time. Mm-hmm. Again, time is not what we're controlling here. Time is a variable that helps us maintain consistency and uh, the same results. Yeah. So if I tell you, hey, you know, I brew this coffee at three minutes and 20 seconds with this recipe. That's something for you to follow. That doesn't mean that that di- brew is dialed. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the times in these kind of conversations, like we talk about time as if it's this exclusive uh, variable that we need to manage and control. Mm-hmm. We're managing all the variables and time just gives us that readout. For so sure. that's kind of a sub thing, but I will adjust uh, the recipe to different origins. So you're adjust, you you mentioned you're adjusting um, water input. Mm-hmm. You're also probably adjusting a little bit of grind size, maybe. Of course. Are you adjusting anything else? Are you adjusting flow rate? Are you adjusting your pouring technique? Are you doing four yeah. per pulses instead of five instead of you know whatever three? Yep. Are you extending bloom time or are those things you're keeping the same? Give us a little bit yeah. of a rundown on that. Yeah, it depends on the context. If I'm brewing at home, right? Yeah. It, a lot. A lot of this also has to do like, are you are we talking about like cafes or are we talking about just home experimentation? Just home, home, just home for now. Yeah, for sure. So Looking for at, the best cup of coffee yeah. at home, like I I usually I usually adjust a lot mm-hmm. um, just because I can. Like I I don't need to worry about. Um, pulses because i'm brewing one cup single for me if i'm at the cafe i'm brewing two cups and i need to make sure my pulses are lined up with one another right yeah so and with that said like with a flat base brewer i want to pulse more Mm -hmm. um when it comes to origin and when it comes to different varieties of coffees i'm not like i don't i don't know i will play with it just for fun because those are such micro tweaks like the big ones are dose uh the water uh, input 
and then your grind size that that's like yeah. your three big ones everything is just like this minor little tweak of course you know higher flow rate is gonna basically um control your drawdown time mm -hmm. um so you're gonna tweak that here and there like you know faster or slower closer or higher even your stream height is gonna adjust that mm -hmm. um there's a lot happening especially with stream height uh, changing the temperature of the water when it hits the slurry. That's mm -hmm. a big one. And stream height may just push all the coffee to the bottom and those fines will clog up the filter. It's going right. to slow down, right? So tweaking those things a little bit here and there will make a big difference in the cup. Now, do I do a specific thing to origin? A little bit. Because, you know, when we had that Yurga Chef Ethiopian coffee, mm -hmm. that was clogging a lot. Um, I do want to grind a little coarser automatically. I know that's going to happen. And then I'm going to be a little gentler. I'm probably not even going to swirl. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times just one single little tap just to settle the bed. I'm trying to not move those fines. I'm trying to get them stuck on the top of the filter, whether it's flat or cone, mm -hmm. and to make sure that the drawdown is nice and even. Mm -hmm. So stuff like um, flow rate is going to affect that, right? Because you don't want to create a lot, of, a lot of turbulence in there so that mm -hmm. it clogs up the filter for sure interesting um yeah yeah and that that's uh yeah usually my approach when i you know if, I, if i'm brewing um anything just like i said in in the last episode i kind of follow through with in terms of origin differences usually it's just like staple recipe and then i taste and then i adjust accordingly um i rarely am adjusting flow rate i usually mm -hmm. have a base flow rate that i always use height stream height i have a yeah. base you know again the only time i'm adjusting is if i'm finding myself going way too coarse yeah. you know and the problem is if you're brewing you know for example like an ethiopian or maybe sometimes a kenyan that clog um the difficulty there is if you go to course then you might get your drawdown time but then all of a sudden it it's doesn't flat. taste as yeah, yeah it exactly. tastes flat so th that's when i'm like um you know that that goes to show actually though that just hitting some kind of time parameters don't always yield right. the right flavors that you're expecting to get out of your cup so there's that's when you kind of have to intentionally be changing something else um but yeah i my 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 theory is like what i've been enjoying is how do we keep as many things the same as possible because as soon as you you know you're adjusting you know you change up your ratio you change up your dose your water output your you know flow rate all of a sudden then your coffee's tasting way out of whack mm -hmm. and you're like what the heck did i you know yeah. which one of those actually ended yeah. up impacting and yeah. so um usually like the more complicated a brew gets well sorry usually the more frustrating it is for me to brew get yeah. a tasty cup the more it pushes me to try separate yeah. different things um but it's yeah. kind of hard, you know, when you buy 200 grams of a freaking coffee, <laughs> yeah. 150 yeah. goes to dialing it in. Yeah. Gosh yeah. dang it. No, I, I think I, I, one, I 100% agree yeah. with you. And I believe it was Nate that said something along the lines of, dude, just dump some water on it and see how it tastes. And I, I agree with that. Like, why overcomplicate these recipes? And, you know, do, are you going to have, like, this ruler standing next to your kettle hike to make sure you're exactly at, like, seven inches above the slurry? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. why? And then, again, like, once you change your kettle, uh, your flow uh, or stream height, all of a sudden you change your flow rate because the higher the stream, you need to pour harder so yeah. that, that actually that stream enters the slurry. Like, it's, yeah. it's like you... you 
every little variable, the more variables that you make, the more dial-in you need to do because you tweaked one, now you have to redo it. So I, I agree, just sticking with that. And again, when it comes to origin, the other day I brewed uh, that one random coffee we had, Todos Los Santos. Mm-hmm. Got a slam and brew, dude. I, I was I enjoyed it so much. It was just a classic good coffee. Um, what, wasn't that your? Was that that wasn't your competition coffee? No, that was no, uh, no, an Onyx coffee. That was Onyx holiday. Yeah, um, it was just solid, sweet little bit of acidity it came out perfect and like i i was so happy with it i probably was hap- happier with it than like yeah. some bonkers natural Spe- speaking of the toro santos uh it's interesting because a few people got those like got that coffee that we roasted which was like gifts from onyx mm-hmm. to other roasters where other roasters like took a photo of it and sent it to to us yeah and was like hey you roasted this and we really? just got yeah yeah, yeah Who of said course, that? yeah um like i think the guy um man i'm so sorry i forgot his name the guy who roasts for hatch i think oh sick yeah, yeah. so oh, that's like, dope i was like oh okay why well, didn't you tell I, me that that makes I, me I so happy know. um and i was like man take it with a grain of salt you know like <laughs> don't don't be overcritical we had minimal dial in and it was like yeah. did george howell have our coffee I don't know. Maybe, maybe I he hope did. so. <laughs> George, good old good George. Old George. But we did. We did. You know, Edwin texted me just mm-hmm. randomly one day and was like, "Hey, there's somebody like out of I think out of California or something that um, owns like uh, a good sized roasting company." And ended up telling him that how how much he liked the roast and wanted roast deets on it. No, so I literally screenshotted the curve, sent him all the specs. <laughs> dude, Mark, you're keeping this precious information from me, dude. This, <laughs> ma- this makes me so stoked, yeah. dude. That's so hella dope. That, that, so speaking of Toto Santos, but anyways, yeah. little rabbit trail. Um, yeah, I think I think the biggest thing that people that you should probably look out for is. If you do not like your brews that you're getting right now, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And that's when you can start adjusting any variable you want, you know. But if you have a solid recipe that works for most coffees, literally take one thing at a time and get it to where you can get that coffee to taste good. Mm-hmm. And then you can enjoy it. That's it. Yep. You know, like keep it simple, yeah. keep it easy. Um, and I don't think like personally myself, I don't think that you need to be hopping around based off of yeah. origin. Oh my gosh, this is a hundred. So I'm going to turn my kettle down 20 degrees. And mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, dude, just, just yeah. do what you always do. And make some yeah. minor adjustments according to taste. If you can't taste stuff, <laughs> then yeah. that's a, then that's a problem yeah. of its own. Yeah. That's it. I would so. also add like at some point, it's okay to blame the roaster <laughs> because there's yeah. been coffees that I've tried to make taste so good and I still don't like them. And I'm like, what the heck's going on? Yeah. Um, at some point you can say like, maybe I don't like this roast of this coffee. And I think, I think that's, that's hard for us to say as roasters yeah, yeah, yeah. because we really hope that every coffee that you brew from here, uh, turns out exactly like it's soluble, it's tasty, it's sweet. It hits all the expectations yeah. that you want, but it's also okay to blame us be like, dude, like I don't that like was this roast. That yeah. was a miss. Okay. Yeah. And I think at that point, a, a good thing to do is if you can't nail down a coffee, Dude, just cup it. That's true. Cup it, and then good. if it's if it's on the cupping table, if it's coming out really nice and exactly where you want it, then you know you're doing something wrong yeah. in the brewing. Yeah. So, but that that being said, you mentioned roasting. Let's shift a little bit in this last bit of the the episode. Um, are are we adjusting our roasts specific to different origins? 
I mean, yes and no. Yeah, That's a hard yeah, question yeah, yes to answer. No. It's yes and no. Um, we have a few go-tos because mm-hmm. we don't take a curve that we roast a Guatemalan coffee and toss in an Ethiopian. We don't yeah. do that. But also one of the things that like, uh, one, one of the things I remember Scott saying one time was like, man, keep your systems the same, mm-hmm. like, and just go with it. Like if you've been roasting this way, don't like, again, don't change your in between batch protocol or don't change your, you know, yeah. heat up and warm, whatever. Like I'm just throwing out random things, mm-hmm. but don't change a lot of things that will really affect the roast. Try to keep as many things consistent. And then again, each coffee is going to react different in a roaster. Mm-hmm. Of course, like each, each, each varietal or even react yeah, different in a yeah. roaster. Like a Ethiopian pea berry is not going to roast the same as the elephant bean. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. not. So you do have to adjust a little bit. Um, but we do have these set goals where we want to make sure that our roasts are hitting certain parameters. And then again, those parameters are not absolutes. Yeah. I think the, I mean, I totally didn't plan this, but I think it's very similar to the approach we're taking with brewing as well. Like, we have, and I'm going to expand a little bit on that comment from Scott. The, the The point is like, if you, once you find, think finding your system in your sweet spot where coffees are tasting good, it's probably the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. Like if you're just a new roaster, you got a new machine, you're starting off, you know, like that is the, the most difficult thing. But once you've gotten there in the ballpark and you've roasted a handful of different origins, now it's kind of like all downhill from there where all you really need to do is just adjust according to, you know, coffees that have different moisture content level are mm-hmm. going to roast a little different. Um, coffees, depending on where they are in their shelf life, are going to yeah, roast a little totally. differently, you know. And but you're not, again, you're not making these insane wild changes. You're just taking like, cool, this is like in the ballpark where we've liked our Ethiopians. We're just going to ship it there, cup, and then adjust according to what we're cupping. Right. That's it. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, like literally on this coffee that we had, you're like, hey, maybe we can just bump a little bit more DTR on it. Yeah. Cool. And again, it wasn't, hey, let's restructure. Let's yeah. make this. It was just like, can we just inch it, inch it into, because yeah. we want to kind of massage it into a mm-hmm. good place and let it go, you know? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think something i've also realized is we approach now a lot of coffees very similarly like a lot of coffees have kind of the same pattern and structure Mm -hmm. with some exceptions based off of origin um but also we've also realized like hey naturals roast a little different than wash coffees Mm -hmm. we realize hey going into crack you can you can go with a natural much differently yep. than how you're going to wash. Wash yep. usually takes a little bit more oomph. Yeah. So, you know, you're not crashing right after crack. But yeah. naturals, I mean, you can just like coast all the way straight through. Yeah. And it's like, anyways. Yeah. No, that that's really good. I, I The other thing is, I oh, just lost my train of thought. I think that just what you said kind of sums up a lot of our approach. And that that's a very good frame of reference. Um a lot of the times we're also like our roasts, they do kind of look the same, but that's also not like by the same, I'm saying like we always want a declining ROR, Yeah. but there is no 
pat down answer or absolute answer to say like an Ethiopian natural should always get 16% DTR. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or an Ethiopian natural mm-hmm. should always be dropped at 410. Yeah. Or there, there's no such thing. Like we have noticed patterns over the course of years that we like our Guatemalan coffees at a certain mm-hmm. drop temp. We like our Guatemalan coffees with certain development. Um, we, we've noticed those things, but even that is not absolute because the way you dialed in your competition coffee yeah. um, was different than mm-hmm. the way we dialed in Jorge Mendes. And then at the end of the day, we still found out that they're still similar, Yeah, but yeah, there's yeah, slight yeah. differences, yeah. you know? So stuff like that, that I think th- we always look for these absolute pat down answers. Um, like this coffee should have uh, X amount of DTR, therefore tweak your roast to do this. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think that's an absolute answer. You yeah. know, that may be a guideline, um, especially if you dive through like roasting Reddit. Like there's so many whack things out there that you're <laughs> like, what is going on? It's like, do you, it's like brewing a V60. All of a sudden you have to stand on your head and pour upside down. You're like, dude, how are you defying freaking gravity? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, keep it simple. Let it roll. Do you let it cook? Dude, make it taste good. That's it. That's it. That's, That's it. the name of the game. No, for sure. I think, uh, yeah, with with both brewing and um, brewing and roasting, at least our theory on it is like, how do we just, you know, hopefully you can build a way of doing something that gets you 90% of the way there. Mm-hmm. And I think so, for somebody who's just, you know, just getting into coffee, that sounds really intimidating because... They don't know how to get 90% of the yeah, way there. Yeah. That's that's where, yeah, you have to, okay, try 20 different recipes. Like somebody on our, you know, pour over tutorial was like, hey, um, why why does somebody else in a different video recommend a different time? Like when you're starting off there, yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. challenging. It's just not easy because you're yeah. like, what the hell do I do? Yep. There's so many different options. But, you know, that's where I'd be like, hey, experiment, try, try everything. And hopefully you can actually over time, over years, um, get to a place where, you know, you have a system set in place, mm-hmm. a way of doing something where it's like, boom, you're there 85, 90% of the way there. And then you're just, yeah. you're just sit, sitting right into the spot of, you know, for each individual coffee. So by the way, this tastes like a grape Jolly Ranch right now. pretty nice yeah and we didn't tweak the recipe <laughs> yeah 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 that's true same old same old yeah. dude yeah that's it it works it works for yeah. like most coffees not all yeah but that's it you know so actually you know if you've been a long-term listener of the podcast you know it took us like years to dial in <laughs> our batch food recipe and finally dude, finally years like hundreds of episodes no um uh, hundreds yeah <laughs> probably honestly uh, probably 100 probably probably 100 yeah yeah. yeah yeah where finally now it's just like plug and play we adjust the grind size a little bit of course it's not always a hit mm-hmm. it's a hit or miss um but it's been a lot more hits lately yeah. so um well any final thoughts any final words I mean, I said them earlier and I'll say them again. Keep it simple. Make it taste good. That's about it. Fire. Well, folks, uh, if you disagree, if you agree, we'd love to hear it down in the comments on YouTube. Send us a DM, email, whatever it is on Spotify. 
Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on it, some your approach on it. But I want to be roasted. Yeah, <laughs> roast us down in the comments. Do it, please. Do it, please. Anyways. Thank you so much for listening to yet another episode of the Coffee Roaster Warm Sessions podcast. Friends, as we always say, remember, reflect what's good.